Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. All right, so we're going to get started. Um, first off, for, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Mac. Um, I help with the youth here at, at the church under uh, Pastor Vinny and, and Pastor Joe and uh, Pastor Paul. And um, again, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to, to teach. And uh, just any opportunity to share God's word with others is, is an awesome opportunity. Um, so, you know, a little background about me. Um, current full-time student at Kane University. I'm a health and phys ed major. Um, so as you'll see in this message, there's probably going to be a lot of fitness-related terms, you know, so don't let it go over your head. Just, just let it sink in, and it'll make sense. I promise I'll, I'll relay it as best as I can. Um, with that being said, uh, tonight's theme verse um, is uh, 1 Timothy, uh, uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, and that is, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise as it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. So for us, it would be a shame to work so hard to be fit for this world and to be unfit for the king. Jesus died so that you and I may live. And to add to that, our faith is like our muscles. They only grow if we use them. So if you need stronger faith, then you have to test it. Just like you test your strength, but if you neglect it, your faith will weaken. Let's strive to be both strong inside and out. So I myself... Uh, started a, you know, developed the whole training program down to a dot. You know, as soon as I go into the gym, I know exactly what I'm doing, right? And I've actually stuck with that for seven weeks strong. So I feel feel like I'm in a good groove, feel like I'm in a good rhythm, and it's awesome. But but what I noticed is that it, it was definitely uh, taking over a lot of uh, my time as far as thoughts go, right? I was so focused on working out and getting results and all this stuff that, um, I started to lose focus of my own spiritual training program, right? So my point in sharing this with you is to promote the benefits of a real routine, one that, uh, in which we can develop goals for ourselves, one that we can re- realistically be consistent with, and one that will guarantee gains, so to speak. Has everybody heard that term before? You go to the gym to get gains, right, to get stronger, to get bigger, to gain weight, right? So, but I'm talking spiritually tonight. We want to make spiritual gains and advancements. So I saw an advertisement the other day showing a man with this uh, washboard stomach, you know, glistening muscles, working this machine. They're trying to sell whatever machine it was. And then there's this haunting reminder, no pain, no gain, right? I realized that in the first two weeks of my training program that uh, there was a lot of pain. And I didn't see much gain until I got to about week four. But what's important is that we stay persistent, right? So the same is true spiritually speaking. We want the faith of Moses, but we'd rather avoid the process of a 40-year visit to the wilderness so that God can humble us. We want David's heart for God, but we don't want blisters from shoveling smelly sheep manure. We want the glory of the spotlight, the prestige of the position. And who wouldn't want to have the spiritual impact of Paul? He shaped the first century church, right? He journeyed to other countries preached to massive crowds, entrusted his life to men like Timothy, and we're talking gain, right? Lots of gains. I mean, real gain. 
But we're also talking a lot of pain. When we're talking about Paul, we're talking some major league pain. Paul did time in prison. He was beaten near death many times. Five times the Jews gave him 39 lashes with a whip. He was stoned once and beaten with rod three times. He spent a night and a day in the sea. Many times he was without food, water, and clothing, as referred to in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. More agony, more pain, but also more gain. So before developing a Christ-centered training program, I believe it's important to take a step back and realize the type of mindset that we should all be carrying as Christians who want to continue to grow in their faith. So we have to realize and accept that it is a blessing to endure things. Right? So if I understand the scripture correctly, the longer we live, the more we have to die. And what I mean by that is that the more that you want to grow, the more you and I must say no to ourselves and yes to Christ. So I must confess that the more I grow, um, the more in touch I become with how sinful I truly am. As the angle of the incline of the treadmill becomes steeper, I see more and more the only hope in my life is the grace that God shows me. So Paul said it well. God's grace has made me what I am in 1 Corinthians. Now there's some hope for tired muscles. Suffering is used by God to conform our character to the likeness of his son, to train us in righteousness, as it states in Hebrews 12. So as you pump the iron of difficult circumstances, perseverance under trial will occur. Look at this promise of how the plan will result in gain. James chapter 1, verse 12 states, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has, been, he has approved, he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. This truth of no pain, no gain is summarized succinctly in the following essay. When a potter bakes a pot, he checks its, its solidity by pulling it out of the oven and thumping it. Right? If it sings, it's ready. If it thuds, it's placed right back in the oven. So the character of a person is also checked by thumping. Have you been thumped lately? Right? Grouchy people, running to people in the store. Last night, uh, Maria's uh, radiators smoking and her car won't start. You know, those, those kind of thumps, right? Um, so those are thumps. Those are irritating inconveniences that trigger the worst in us. They catch us off guard, flat-footed. They're not quite big enough to be a crisis, but if you pile them up enough, it gets pretty hectic. So we have to be aware of what I like to call thump slumps, those consistent thumps. I typically run into those when I'm on the parkway, or as uh, my buddy Tobin, I always call him when I'm leaving Kane University, and I still stick by this. Morris Avenue is probably the worst highway or whatever you want to call it, Route 22, to drive on in, in the whole country. It drives me crazy. So Jesus said in Luke 6 that out of the nature of the heart, a man speaks. There's nothing like a good thump to reveal the nature of our heart. The true character of a person is seen not in momentary heroics, but in the thump-packed humdrum of day-to-day living. So how do you respond? Do you sing or do you thud? If you have a tendency to thud more than you sing, take heart. There is hope for us stutters. So before we get into the real meat of this message, I want to challenge you with these three things in regards to the thumps and trials of this life. Begin by thanking God for your thumps. I don't mean a half-hearted thank you. I mean a rejoicing, jumping for joy, thank you from the bottom of your heart. Chances are that God is actually doing the thumping. He's doing it for your own good. So as in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 8, it says, It can be noted, well, it doesn't say this. 
I'm paraphrasing, it could be noted that every thump is a reminder that God is molding you. Two, learn from each thump. Face up with the fact that you're going to experience trials. You're going to be tested from now on, so you might as well learn from those things. You can't avoid those thumps. Look upon each inconvenience as an opportunity to develop patience and persistence. Each thump will help you or hurt you depending on how you choose to respond to that trial. Third, be aware of those thumps sometimes, like I said. Know your pressure periods for me. As I mentioned, it's on the Parkway or Morris Avenue. Definitely have some thump slumps there. But the best way to handle those times is head on, bolster yourself, say a prayer, and don't give up. Remember, no thump is disastrous. All thumps work for good if we are loving and obeying God. So if you've been thumped recently, remember, there's no, where there's no pain, there is no gain. So what better place to resolve those thumps and trials with a holy God and your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ right here at Calvary Chapel Crossfield? our own spiritual workout center in which you uh, will keep you uh, growing in your faith. So this leads me to the title of tonight's message, which is Christ-Centered Training. As I said before, I'm a health and phys ed major, definitely big in, into this topic, and uh, really just spoke to me. And uh, a lot of these things are you know, going to be common to you, but I think it's important to uh, emphasize them over and over because I know there's been times where my prayer life has been strong, and there's been times where I'm not praying much. You know, I'm sure we've all gone through those slumps. So, through this message, I want to share the components of my spiritual workout program for us Christians so that we can grow in our faith. So usually, a solid training program starts, or I should say a workout, starts with some sort of stretching, right? So what I like to do, is everybody heard of a foam roller? Yeah, it's my new best friend. Yeah, you got a foam roller. Yes, love it. So what happens, like, as we're sitting, we probably sit anywhere from six to who knows how many hours a day. Condenses your hips, all your muscles. So then you want to go try to work out, you're probably going to get hurt. So I do a nice little foam roll, and then I lead into a dynamic warm-up. So that's butt kicks, high knees, getting sweating, getting your blood circulating so that you're ready for that main workout. So when I think of our first component... What's the best way to start our day, right? It's the best way to tackle our day and, and really get warmed up, so to speak, right? So the first component is reading the Word of God. Just like a dynamic warm-up gets you loosened up and prepared to exercise, reading God's Word will loosen us up and get us prepared for the spiritual growth and the opportunities God may have laid out for us on this day. So just look at what the Bible has to say about this. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Verse 2 states, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And Psalm, Psalm 19, verses 7 through 10, it states, The law of the Lord is perfect, conveying the soul, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey in the honeycomb. So we are to desire God's word is to be part of our daily routine because it will help us grow in our faith. And we are told in Psalms 119 verse 11 that when we put God's word into our heart that we will have the ability to resist sin. 
So before we move on to our next component, we have to first identify the elephant in the room. Like any exercise program, you have to make the commitment to follow that program in order to reap the benefits. I want to encourage you all to develop a habit of reading God's Word daily. So if you're not already doing that, you've got to start doing it. Right? If you're reading a chapter a day, how are we going to continue to grow? You've got to bump that up. Maybe read two chapters. Maybe spend a little more time. Pick a passage. Uh, pick a verse. Try to memorize that. Make that your weekly verse, so to speak. So build upon that reading plan, and before you know it, you'll be reading the entire Bible in a year. Um, our Daily Bread is an app. It's in pamphlets, um, something that me, Pastor Vinny, and Maria had started um, at the beginning of the new year, and we, we keep each other accountable. I've fallen behind a couple times. I'm not going to lie, but I'm, I'm steady going with it now. Uh, but it's important to maybe have an accountability partner. I have Tobin, I have my buddy Justin, I have Pastor Vinny and Maria, and I'm so thankful for that because they keep me accountable um, you know, just, just in my relationship and my walk with the Lord. So let's make sure we're diving into God's Word every day. So just like getting into a routine, training, uh, or a workout, you have to stick with it. Make it a habitual thing in your life and see what God does through you as a result of the time in God's Word. So the second part of my strength training program involves a, a variety of, of plyometric exercises, right? Plyometric meaning explosive. So like Monday was uh, bench press day. Every day there's a main lift. So I want to do an explosive exercise that targets those muscles involved in a bench press. So I do like push-ups with claps or, you know, depth push-ups. I drop and come back up on another surface or something like that. And, um, and, then, uh, and then that would lead into my main lift, which we're going to use bench press. Right? You work your way up each set until I get to my top weight. And then what I do is what's known as a rep out. Right? So as many repetitions as you can possibly do until failure. Right? So our second component never is going to involve failure. In fact, you can do it as many times as you want, anytime you want, anywhere you want. And that's spending time in prayer, right? So there's much to be gained by making prayer part of our daily routine. Notice that the following verses teach us about the second part of our workout plan. First John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So by using the power of prayer, we can have forgiveness of our sins. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known by God, made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Prayer will give us peace because we can know that God is here in our prayers and will soothe our hearts and minds. Ephesians 3 uh, chapter 3, verse 14 states, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man. Prayer gives us an access to great strength and will give us the stamina we need to push through our spiritual workout. How awesome is it that you and I can take Anytime we want, be anywhere we want, and communicate 
with a holy God. Right? It's incredible. And, and yet, I take that for granted sometimes. Right? I'm sure we, sure we all do. You know? So, second component, let's remember, spending time in prayer. Right? Talk to God daily. It's supposed to be a reciprocal relationship. You know? Not just, give me what you want, God. No, I, I want to I wanna talk with my God. Right? He loves me. He's shown me grace. He's saved me from a bad situation. Right? And, uh, and I'm thankful for that. So, of course, I'm going to want to communicate with him straight out of love, right? So, prayer also helps us gain wisdom. Uh, many more benefits could be named about the power of prayer, but these are just enough um, to emphasize that it's a fundamental, fundamental part of our Christ-centered training program, right? So just as we read God's word daily, we should also pray daily. The more you pray, the better you're going to feel because you're in constant communication with God. Why would anyone not want to pray for forgiveness, strength, opportunity, and boldness? So let us do just that. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 states, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. So... The next part of my workout um, is known as assistance work. So just like, you know, my main lift is a bench press, assistance work targets all the muscles involved in that. So the idea is to strengthen everything around not just your chest and your triceps, get your shoulders, your back, and everything else, right, so that I can make gains, so to speak, on my bench press, right? And so along with prayer and reading God's word, what else in our daily life will help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. A lot of you may not know this, but I like to sing, especially when I'm riding in the car by myself or I'm hanging out with my buddy Justin. Love to sing. And that brings me to my next point, kind of an attitude check, right? We're called to sing praises and give glory and thanks to God always. It's our third component. So singing praises to God is uplifting and edifying. And again, let us see what the Bible has to say about the third part of our training program. Acts 16, verse 25 says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They're in jail. Though they were beaten and wrongfully accused, Paul and Silas found great comfort in praying and singing hymns to God. How awesome is that? And there is something about singing that causes most of us to feel better about ourselves. I don't know how good of a singer I am, but it does make me feel good. <laughs> and when beautiful words about God's love and the hope of heaven are sung, it has a way of melting away our troubles that we're experiencing. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15, it states, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. So whether we're praising God through prayer or song, it's considered a sacrifice to God, and it's pleasing to Him. So not only does our singing make us happy, but it makes God happy. So let's give Him the praise and glory throughout our daily lives. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. From these verses, we learn that our singing can affect others as well as be words um, that are sung to use to, to teach one another and to warn one another of the dangers of sin. In James 5, verse 13, is anyone cheerful? 
let him sing psalms. Singing praises to God is another important part of our exercise program that we can do daily. It's not an exercise limited to Sunday or Wednesday. Sing while going down the road or while working, or even during those tough times as David did, lamenting in song. Again, singing is a great way to express the joy of being a Christian. So the fourth part of my training program is uh, trunk exercises, right? So your trunk is, I'm just going to, I'm not going to use scientific, essentially all this whole area, right? Your center of gravity is approximately in this area. So if you're trying to, my lifts are squat, deadlift, overhead press, and bench press. If I want to get stronger uh, within those main lifts, I have to have a strong core or strong trunk, so to speak. So you don't want to exercise one muscle, two, three, four, five. You want to exercise all of them so that you have a strong core and that you're able to make gains, so to speak. So when I think of that, right, sports out analogy, we are not stronger separate, but we're stronger together like a balled-up fist, right? So our fourth component is fellowshipping with fellow uh, believers, like-minded believers. And, and we're pretty famous here, I'd say, for... Probably people standing in the lobby about an hour after service and continuing the fellowship, which is amazing, right? Um, I haven't been to another church in over two years, but prior to that, I'd never seen anything like that. But it just shows how tight-knit our church community is and how much we love each other. And we can't get enough of one another, right? So that's pretty cool. So Christian fellowship is key to a successful spiritual workout. It's always easier to remain committed to an exercise program when you have friends that are working out with you because they will encourage you and remain faithful when you feel weak. It's an embarrassing example, but lost about nine pounds in the past month and a half. But every day I would call Tobin and he would say, how are you eating today? Like, what are you eating? Right? I'm trying to lose weight and he knows I have a sweet tooth, like a really bad sweet tooth. So he's like, you know, what? How many calories did you intake today? You know, I'm trying to lose a pound a week. So really, really sticking, sticking to that. But how awesome it is to have an accountability partner, right, to fellowship with like-minded believers and just say, hey, how are you doing this week? Man, I'm not doing good. I, I need prayer, right, right, to, to counsel one another and love on one another. Ecclesiastes 4, uh, starting with verse 9, states, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who, will, who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But if one, one is, uh, is alone, he cannot keep himself warm. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord cannot be quickly broken." Safe to say, our faith was not designated to be uh, just to ourselves, right? We're meant to, to go out and preach the gospel. We're meant to fellowship with one another. It's not meant to be uh, a one-man show, so to speak. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is head, that is Christ, from the whole body, joined and knit together, by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. This causes growth of the body for edifying of itself in love. So when we assemble, it will cause us to stir each other up. 
and to show the love of God to one another and to do good works together. So not only does Christian fellowship encourage us to live like Christians, it also is a source of comfort and edification. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are doing. When we make fellowship with like-minded brethren a part of our daily routine, it will help keep us from becoming hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 has to say. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Therefore, frequent fellowship is crucial for remaining faithful and steadfast to the Lord. I'd say it's safe to say that uh, we're good in the fellowship category, which I'm very uh, thankful and, and happy to, to say. So let us do our best to assemble together with Christians every opportunity that we can, by phone, by Bible studies, social activities, whatever the case may be. Fellowship with other Christians and, and, and let that enable you to grow in your faith. Okay, so the last part of my program doesn't really necessarily match up, kind of does, with the uh, final component, but it would be what's known as just a cool down, right? So stretch, I typically do like a 20-second stretch for each leg or whatever the case may be, and you know, it, it actually serves your body, right? When I don't stretch after a workout, I'm sore, I'm limping. When I do stretch and I actually take like 10 minutes, I'm good to go. Like in two hours, I feel like I can work out again. It's awesome. So the cool down, that, that wind down. So that serves our body, right? So which brings me to my fifth uh, component of our Christ-centered training program, which is serving. Part of living the Christian life is doing good works that will glorify our Father in heaven. We are not saved by our good works, as we know, because there is nothing we can do to earn or merit our own salvation but we were created to do good works. So just because we're saved doesn't mean there's an excuse not to go out and serve, right? Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of good works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Matthew five sixteen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the works that we do are works of love and obedience. The Bible teaches us over and over again about being fruitful and being good examples so that people uh, can see Christ living in us. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Every exercise program requires work, and so does our spiritual workout program. We are never to give up and never to quit. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 states, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So serving includes sharing the gospel with the lost, ministering to brethren, and to the lost in need both physically and and spiritually. Um, so there's a ministry at our at our church that, you know, is, is focused. It's you know, like, uh, oh my gosh, food for the soul. Almost blanked out there, right? Food for the soul? Yes. And 
I got to be involved last week in just, you know, organizing the food and whatnot. And I was mind blown, you know, that I've been going to this church for two years and, you know, haven't had the opportunity to, to hop in there with that. And just the amount of, you know, money or, or food that is donated, right, to, to assist the community, right? What, what an awesome opportunity that is to, I mean, feed somebody. Like if I'm starving and, and somebody offers me food, I'm probably going to listen to what they have to say. You know what I mean? So it opens opportunities, right, to, to share the gospel with them, to try to get them out to our church. And if they're not saved already, hopefully, hopefully they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. You know what I mean? So um, that is a good example of, of serving, and, and I'm blessed to, you know, have the knowledge of, of the ministry here, here at our church um, and, and just to see uh, how well that's, that's doing. It's incredible. And so each day, try, let's try to do something that blesses another person. It's serving done systematically, and it will build our spiritual endurance. So in conclusion of the workout program, we have seen that Christ-centered training definitely contains these five key elements, reading the Word of God, spending time in prayer, singing praises and giving thanks and glory to Him in all things, fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and serving. If we make these five elements part of our daily routine, we will become more spiritually fit for the work and opportunities the Lord will have laid out for us daily. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, states that, do you, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into submission, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I close with Paul's words to Timothy, our theme verse of the night. First Timothy 4, verse 7 through 9. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourselves towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. To officially close, I wanted to uh, share a, a quote and an essay. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but a good friend of mine shared it and said it was from his uh, mom, and, um, you know, I was definitely feeling like I was in a slump, and it was just something that was very inspirational to me and just kind of woke me up. You know, I need to get with it. I'm talking about the spiritual training program, and I need to apply it myself, kick it up a notch, you know. Here we go. doesn't matter how people see you. It matters how God sees you. In life, some may walk, others may run, but remember the Lord gave the tortoise and the horse the same days to reach Noah's Ark. Your journey might be rough and tough, but you will definitely get to your destination. Jacob looked at Joseph and saw a good son. The ten brothers looked at Joseph and saw a useless dreamer. The travelers looked at Joseph and saw a slave. Potiphar looked at Joseph and saw a fine servant. Potiphar's wife looked at Joseph and saw a potential boyfriend. The prison officers saw in Joseph a prisoner. How wrong were all of them? God looked at Joseph and saw a prime minister of Egypt in waiting. 
Don't be discouraged by what people see in you. Be encouraged by what God sees in you. Never underrate the person next to you because you never know what the Lord has deposited in that person. Your maid may be a chief executive officer in waiting for a company which shall employ your child. Your garden boy may be a president in waiting. Remember, David got the anointing of becoming a king while he was a simple child herding sheep. Esther was a simple orphan girl, yet she was a queen in waiting. Let's share God's love and make the world a better place to live. God is God. He doesn't care about age. No wonder he blessed Abraham. He doesn't care about experience. No wonder he chose David. He doesn't care about gender. No wonder he lifted Esther. He doesn't care about your past. No wonder he called Paul. He doesn't care about your physical appearance. No wonder he chose Zacchaeus, the shortest one in the crowd. He doesn't care about fluency in speech. No wonder he chose Moses. He doesn't care about your career. No wonder he chose Mary Magdalene, a prostitute. All I know is that my God never changes. He never made a promise he wouldn't keep. He never saw a person he wouldn't help. He never heard a prayer he wouldn't answer. He never found a soul he wouldn't love. He never found a sinner he wouldn't forgive. This is the kind of God I would like to commune with every day, the moment I wake up. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.